Hello there. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Wherever Hello. you're listening to this. Uh, I have a special guest today. He's like no other guest I've had on the show before. The Barker of the Bazaar. Beyond the Big Top. The Carnival Waits. Please give up for what you call it podcast. Next guest, Riker Wildly. How you doing today? How, how do I address you? This a different kind of an interview for me so yeah like i gotta know before we sort of chat about wrestling by the way um i really want to speak to you about the carnival uh, what i'd like to know is because i know you're involved in the carnival which i think is pretty cool and you've run it for many years now how did you end up involved in that well, many, many years ago, you know what, before I jump into that story, I want to thank you for having me on this podcast. No, no problem at all. It was uh, you know, a pleasure to have you on. I know we have to reschedule. Um, things come up on my end, and I know you're a busy man with the wrestling and the carnival as well. So, But we're here now, and we're going to have a fun conversation. Right. Okay. Well, the way that it started was that Many, many moons ago, Rico Wildly followed a certain set of bright lights. And as I joined the carnival hand in hand, there was only one way to keep those lights shining bright. And that was to beat the ever-living hell out of every opponent that I get my hands on and take just a little bit of their essence to put toward the power of keeping the bright lights just as amazing as they always are. <laughs> nice, nice. With the circuit itself, under the bright lights, I want to know what other attractions do you have there? Sort of what sort um any sideshow freaks, any characters that might stand out that you would think actually they'll do quite well in wrestling as well, besides yourself, obviously. Well, see. The thing about it is, is under the big top, there are so many colorful characters. Mm -hmm. They've got all kinds of amazing talents. And I'm here to tell you, as the barker of the bazaar, <laughs> it's always magical when you visit the carnival. <laughs> nice, nice. With, with the carnival as well, I mean, is it just the US that you've been touring or do you go around the world with this carnival that you're involved in? Well, I would love to travel around the world, but it has only taken me among the United States as of yet. Now, that doesn't mean that I won't travel outside my means, you know. That just means that I haven't done it yet. <laughs> I'll get you. Okay, I know you're a busy man or clown or I'm not sure how to refer to you as, by the way. Um, but I will keep going as, as we are speaking now. I want to actually discover when did you become a fan of professional wrestling well to be honest there sir i first started watching professional wrestling when i was eight mm -hmm. years old as a child being captivated by like i said before all the amazing colorful characters that graced my television screen every time i went to watch it i became enthralled with everything that I saw. So I knew exactly then 
that under those bright lights, something magical happens. Every time they walk down to the ring and every time they grace the squared circle, there's a magic that takes place and I wanted to be a part of it. Even if I'm only this much a part of it, I knew that it was in my blood to do it. <laughs> and who are some of your favorites when you were growing up watching it as a fan? Well, growing up, there was all kinds of different you know, attributes that I looked for in a, in a uh, professional wrestler. There mm -hmm. was people like Jeff Hardy, who really captivated me with his high flying, you know, and, and the crazy things he was doing. And then you got people like Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero and, and William Regal or Steven Regal at the time. All of his very technical, all of their very technical ability really sucked me in, you know, and drew mm. me in to wanting to become a professional wrestler. And even nowadays, I can see it in my style that I've developed. There's mm -hmm. always little bits and pieces of those guys in my style, and I can't thank them enough for showing that on TV so I could, you know, learn. Mm. I can definitely see a lot of Jeff Hardy in your style, um, how it's influenced you. I've seen you know, a couple of your matches as well. Um, before I do talk about your matches and your career, I actually want to establish when was it that you knew that you wanted to become a professional wrestler? Because I know you were doing this while you were in the circus and sorry, the carnival. I mean, technically the same thing, but you know what I mean? But when did yeah. you know, okay, while I'm doing this, entertaining people, I actually want to become a professional wrestler as well? Well, to be honest, I've always wanted to be a professional wrestler ever mm -hmm. since I was a child. It just became, you know, a little too far-fetched. But once you realize and you do the history on professional wrestling, it all started at the carnival. It was yeah. a sideshow attraction. Professional wrestling was just that. It was an attraction to draw the people in. So I thought, what better way than to bring what I love, right back home, where it all starts. <laughs> Absolutely. I can, like, literally a match made in heaven. Like, people, I don't think people realize just how similar the circus and this carnival is to professional wrestling, especially the WWE and even in Very independent true. scene. But where is it that you actually trained to become a professional wrestler? Well, I trained at the United Wrestling Entertainment Academy in central Louisiana here in the U.S. under the legendary coaching of Dapper Dan. He has traveled all over the world as a professional wrestler, doing his greatest things, making a name for himself. He did through the 80s, through the 90s, and some in the early 2000s, and then he decided in 2020 to open up this school and drag some of the people that wanted to become professional wrestlers but didn't have the place to do it in. And I happened to be one of the lucky few. <laughs> wow, so you actually did this. Was it, was it just, just before the pandemic or after, or basically during it? This was during the pandemic. Wow, so there that must have been difficult. There was multiple students that ended up getting COVID during our training. During our months of training, they had to miss class because they had got COVID. You must have been protected though with the, the mask because I, I get a I feeling you don't take that off for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I train in the mask. I promo in the mask. I mm -hmm. wrestle in the mask. Just strictly because the internet, 
over the last two decades has broken kayfabe. Yeah. Has completely buried kayfabe. And to an extent, I know that people know who I am, but mm -hmm. I have come to understand that there is one certain thing that stands true above all the rest in professional wrestling when it comes to carrying a character or carrying a gimmick is that if you believe it 110% and you believe that it is you 110% all across the board, you give the fans no mm. option but to believe. And once you they believe, believe, they become invested and then they want to, you know, see you more and more. Very much so. You believe in yourself and the fans believe in you because you don't give them an option not to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I that's, that's what, how, that's what I do. I think that's what gravitates towards me into your character. I mean, I, th I think your character is you. And I'd like to know, because I've got a feeling that your name has meaning to it. Like there's something behind it. So if you could explain if there is a, a message or a meaning to it, that would be great. Okay. To be honest, growing up, I was a huge D&D &D fan. Okay, mm -hmm. I love Dungeons and Dragons. I do. I'm always going to be a fan of that. But the name for my D&D &D character was Ricochet. Was Ricochet. And once I became a wrestler, I just dropped the Shay and it became Ricka Wildly. You know, ah, fair enough. Yeah, but but it was going to be Ricka, the Wild Card Lee. That was going to be the name, Ricka, the Wild Card Lee. Mm -hmm. But the Wild Card, there's a thousand Wild Cards. You know, yeah. there's a thousand different people with that name and that gimmick. So it just ended up becoming Ricka Wild Lee, and there you go. Oh, cool, cool. I've had a few people mention like D and D, like Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played it. That's not to say that I'm not a nerd, by the way. I am a massive geek, but just different things. Understood, understood. But don't knock it till you try it. You should, you should. You might have to do it one day, man. Like I just, I think it's it's so popular, it has a following, but I just need to sort of get to the basics first and see if it's made for me and try it. Yeah, you know, I think you've nailed it. Don't knock it till you try it. So if if the listeners in the comments if you can persuade me to play it as well then i'll give it a go and i'll let people know in the next episode um but that, that, that's 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 cool um i know you've got a big upcoming rematch uh it's this weekend or the weekend after uh, against this weekend perfect so this will be coming out before so it's been quite interesting uh for the fans and right. even david storms who hopefully will listen to this i want to hear some some words from you so you face off against yeah. him. What can he and the fans expect different for this rematch? Well, see, that's the thing about me. Mm -hmm. Not only do I go into each and every match, basically with a pad and a pin, learning your every move, learning your every bit style, so I know exactly how to play off of what you've got going on i know exactly what to expect and now xavier storms we faced each other once before mm -hmm. so now he's going to have to pull out all the stops because rico wildly has set his illusion in place and i know every move that he's going to make five steps before he makes it <laughs> Fighting words, man. Fighting words. I'm sure the fans and attendants and, you know, those that will be lucky enough to stream it as well, they are going to be, hopefully, it, you know, it outdoes the first match. You know, they always say the sequel's uh, better sometimes. Most definitely, I hope. 
I, I hope so as well, man. I, I, I'm going to be pulling for you just because, not just I'm speaking to you now. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I've got quite a fun thing. To... Oh, I, th- I think it's going to be good, man. I think it's going to be good. So, Xavier, if you are watching this, you know, keep an eye out, mate. Like, my boy is coming for you. Um, I've got a fun word association game to play with you. This is the first time I've ever done this in the show. So, feel honoured. I'm going to mention some name, some famous clowns. And I want you to say the first thing that pops up in your mind. It's going to be wrestling and films and okay. just in general. And I think you'll like this, but first thing that pops up. So here we go. Okay. First one, Insane Clown Posse. Violent J, Shaggy Tudo. Nice. <laughs> That's actually quite a good answer. <laughs> uh, Pennywise. Tim Curry. <laughs> I've known what this one. I know you can say for next one then. Doink the clown. <sighs> well, that's just wrestling in WWF. Love it, love it. I saw that he got. He's actually in the new game now, and I just like I sort of did the double I things. That. I seen that. Hill, Hill, Doink the clown was the best. Brilliant. Um, well, this one might be good. This one might be good. The Joker. He's Ledger. I love the Joker. I've always loved the Joker through every person that's played him, but I mm-hmm. think it all, there'll never be another Heath Ledger Joker. Style no. Joker. I agree. I agree. As much as I enjoyed, um, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix. He was brilliant, but Heath Ledger for me was iconic. Um, this one might be good. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> French fries. <laughs> uh, dink. Doink. <laughs> last one. Last one. I think this okay. Joker's thing. Oh, I knew you was gonna call this one. I knew it. Joker Sting. At at first I did not enjoy Joker Sting, mm-hmm. but he really, really grew on me. So I'm just gonna have to grow with Crow Sting, just as a counterpart. Just nice. But I do like I did like Joker Sting. With all the things that he done, so yeah, I'm 100% with you. By the way, it took me a while to sort of like the character to grow on me, and then by like the end of it, when he like had the match with Hogan, I was just like, okay, he's like, what he's doing is a masterpiece. But you can tell he watched a lot of Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and repeat. Um, I want to ask, what are your goals in wrestling? Because I know, like you said, like you actually have only been doing this for about what since the pandemic started in a way so the last two years or so but I want to ask you like do you have any long-term goals is there any anything not necessarily I, I want to go WWE but is there anything you want to do in the next few years or even months in wrestling well to be honest I want to show the entire wrestling world that mm-hmm. the carnival exists because I believe that people with the internet and the way things are nowadays, I know wrestling as a whole has changed. It's a lot more entertainment than it is wrestling, but that's a good thing. You know, I want people to remember that the carnival started it all. There would be no professional wrestling. There would be no Cody Rose. There would be no Brock Lesnar's. There would be no Stone Cold Steve Austin's without the Barkers of the Bazaar. The carnival was here when it was all just talk. Now they must remember. That's my ultimate goal. I think you're on a good, on the right track with your goal at the moment. 
I think you're making a name for yourself. I mean, I've got you on the show. I sort of had to have you on there, to be fair, uh, just because I think it'll be unique and there's no other guests like you. And obviously, Word Association, first time there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> fun to be on this show. It's very fun to play games like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just glad to be on, man. Yeah. No, no, I appreciate it, mate. There is uh, one, basically one question I have. It, it's been asked for the last few months now, and I think the guests really like it. Every answer is different. Actually, I, I mean, if you can come up with the same answers as the last guest, fair enough. But I know it won't be possible. So it's uh, a situation where you have three dream dinner guests, past, present, dead or alive, fiction, non-fiction. You get to pick three guests for your dream dinner party. It could be at the carnival anything you're the host but you've got to pick three guests and if you can give me a reason as to why you'd have them that'd be awesome as well so if you can pick three guests go it's obviously because i've been obsessed with wrestling since i was a kid i've mm -hmm. literally followed nothing else more ever my third guest would be eddie guerrero I know this name is a little tainted throughout the wrestling world, mm -hmm. but Chris Benoit and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. All three of them have been a huge inspiration for me. I would like to get some closure on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. That the world and wrestling world included hasn't had a chance to. I would like to see firsthand the bond between Eddie and Chris Benoit. Yeah. And I would love to talk wrestling with the man who ran the territories, Dusty Rhodes. I like how you, you sort of explained it. I mean, I, the reason I was applauding you, by the way, was Eddie Grower is literally one of my all-time favorites. I actually met him a few months before he died. And, you know, I basically bunked school for it and it was 100% worth it. So, the, you know, yes. Yes. My, my teachers if they listen to this sorry but <laughs> it was like nearly 20 years ago <laughs> um but no no that's 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 awesome man that is awesome is there anything you would like to promote or plug as we are near the end of this episode well there are, there are there's there's a few things first yeah, off go for the, it. Rick, the rico wildly tiktok it's mm -hmm. Wildly official, R-I-K-A-W-I-L-D-L-E-E, -E, official, all one word, on TikTok. Please follow me there. I can put the link in the bio and all that, or the link in the comments later and all that kind of stuff. Also, ProWrestlingTees.com. If you want your t-shirt, if you want your some Rick Wildly merch, then go to ProWrestlingTees.com because the light shine brightest at match time. And always remember beyond the big top <laughs> the carnival awaits sold now you have got some cool merch though I, i've seen it i've seen it on pro wrestling too so i would highly recommend anyone that is um looking for some new t-shirts especially wrestling um go in the shop i will put your details in the description below but where else awesome. can the, the listeners and the avid watchers find you on social media like are you on twitter or facebook well to be honest i don't mean toot my own horn but it's kind of amazing if you type in rico wildly on google i'm mm -hmm. the very first thing that pops up perfect which perfect. is kind of wild <laughs> i might just put a description but google <laughs> literally they can find all of my tick facebook pro wrestling tees 
Twitter, Instagram, they can find it all. Mm-hmm. Just Google Michael Wildman and it'll uh, you'll you'll have it all. I've got to ask, as the last official question, it's just because I've been talking to you now for the last 25, 30 minutes. Your look, I really like it, but if you can kind of go into detail, like how you've, you know, come about this look, how it's sort of, you've created it, what's, is there a certain inspiration to it or you've just gone, okay, we'll need a bit this, this colour. If you could just well, sort of tell me. I'm going to give you a quick little history if you got the time. Go for how it, mate. became Rick Wildly. okay. A couple of years back, I know you've probably seen them all over Facebook, but promo groups, mm-hmm. people that promo in competition. Have you ever seen that? Uh, well, for wrestling, I've not seen that. Okay. There's groups on Facebook yeah. where literally it would be like, you have a character, I have a character, you cut a promo on me, I cut a promo on you. They mm-hmm. put those two promos together like a match, and then they have judges that judges them to see who the winner is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they give out real titles, real belts for said promo federation, whatever. I joined one called the Voice of Honor a couple years back. Before the wrestling ever took place, before the professional wrestling, this was in 2000, early 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, I joined the professional, the promo wrestling group, and I decided to make a character. And that's how Rick Wobbly was born. And then the Sideshow Freaks, me and my uh, tag team partner, Seven, became the Sideshow Freaks. He is a clown as well in the promo game. So we ended up winning the tag team titles. And before long, I retired from promoing more or less and then joined the professional wrestling. So I had two years of promo experience before I ever even got in the ring. Mm-hmm. which kind of put me a step ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty cool, man. Like, I, I do think promos have become a little bit of a lost art in wrestling. Well, if you can talk, you can sell. Mm. The way I feel about it is this. A character, a character will always outlive a wrestler because they'll always book a character just on being a character. Yeah. Even if you can't wrestle anymore. So there's 100,000 people with 100,000 different gimmicks, and it's great. And they have the wrestling ability of gods. But once their body takes its toll and they finally start dwindling down and their body starts getting slower and all that, their character isn't going to keep up with their wrestling ability. You know Mm. what I mean? Yeah. No, I I don't disagree. The brighter the character, the more charisma you have, the more... You can talk to the fans. That's what gets you over. I can definitely tell. Like I know, like with your wrestling, but in terms yeah. of like how you sort of communicate and speak, Dusty, I can see it and hear it. No, I can definitely hear that. But the way you put it, though, it, it makes absolute sense. And I think promos are very important to not just be able to do five star matches. That's great, but you need to bring them in the, well, the ring. It's all about psychology. Yeah, I actually agree. You know. That's it, my man. That's it. I will put your... That's all right, my man. I will put your details in the description below. Uh, well, I'll just put Google. <laughs> um, but no, thank you for coming on. Much appreciated. And thank you again for rescheduling. Uh, that is much appreciated. Uh, it's actually past midnight now, but 100% worth staying up for this interview. I've really enjoyed thank it, my man. I appreciate it so much.
for everyone that's listened to this episode, there will be more episodes next week of What You Call It podcast coming out very soon. Um, but for now, I hope everyone has a good weekend. If you can follow my man, description below. But for now, everyone, take care. Hello there. I've got a special announcement for my next guest. I am Adam Lowe's, the Cosmo Killer. And very soon, I'll be appearing on the What Do You Call It podcast. You heard.